I was struck this morning when I heard, um, you know, Sue Ann sharing about dad, having a dad for 62 years. Then this thought came to me. God said, challenge the fathers. I don't care if you have a son or a daughter that's 80 years old. Be a father to your child. Just because they're 16, just because they're 20, just because they're 40, we dare not stop fathering. We dare not. We need to stay awake. We need to stay alert because that's our role. We are the spiritual provider and the protector for our family. Yes, they do leave. They start their own. But we're still, we still have that duty. We still need to stay connected to the children, regardless how old they are. This morning, the message is a little different than what I've been doing. I know there's some of you have heard my testimony. Some of you haven't. But this self-focused locked heart was the heart where I was locked. And you see, the question came, How do I know if I have a locked heart? You know, I didn't until this one thing happened. My heart was locked and I didn't know it till it was so obvious. And my response then was, you know, well, locked or unlocked, if you have that heart, just work through it. You know, just take care of the issues. Take care of, take care of what's bothering you. So, I guess I'll share some of my story this morning. Because of that, and maybe someone can make a connection. Growing up as an Amish boy had a wonderful family. I mean, there was a lot of love there. Like I had shared the other time with the neglected, um, at times I didn't feel loved, but I still know I was so loved and they had the best intentions for me. Their desires were that I have the best home to grow up in. And to their ability, it was the best home to grow in, grow up in because they had stood on their parents' shoulders and built off of them and avoided some of the mistakes that were made at home that just devastated them. So I have good memories from home. Then I start school. All the anticipation of school, just, oh, this is going to be so fun. But that is where chaos began emotionally for this little boy's heart. 
I didn't know other children could be so rude because we were always nice to each other at home. And at church, everybody kind of just accepted me. By the way, while it's in my mind, if you have not drilled till it is penetrated so deep in your child's heart to never, ever, ever mock someone, never, there's no room for that in our lives. Had I not been so drilled of the terribleness of hell, I would not be here today. I hated God. That's terrible to say, but I did. Because of these other children mocking, of how God made me. I could not help anything how God made me. So I hated myself, and I hated God. But I liked Jesus. He was the good man. And looking back, that's the only one, only reason that I pulled through. Because I see Jesus holding this little boy's hand. I love you. Even, let's keep going. So I started school. And just soon, it just started. Something about the red hair or um, you know, red, redhead, um, carrot top. Then one day comes this fourth or fifth grader. I don't remember. And I'm glad I don't because I've forgiven him. When I work through things, um, the bitterness I held towards him. I don't remember who it was. I'm glad I don't. But I can still see this boy coming. You know, just looking in my face and calling me, you know, freckle face. And how many freckles do you have? Oh, you probably don't know because you can't count them all. What is a small boy, seven or eight years old, supposed to do with that? So please teach your children to never ever, because it can make a difference in heaven or hell. And then it goes to your children and you as a father because you didn't teach. I would have been responsible for my actions had I lived a life of going to hell. But there's also blood required from who caused it. Life is serious, very serious. We dare not play with that sin of mocking. There's many times I was just, where's the bear? Where's the bear? Because of the Bible story of the bald head, bald head, and this bear comes out and eats those children. I was just desired and desired a bear. Where's my bear? But God doesn't choose to take you out of it. He chooses to walk with you through it. Today, I still have effects of it. Yes, God redeemed it. Everything's redeemed. 
but there's still scars. And depending what happens, if I'm not careful, the mind goes there. Boom. If I'm down enough and a thought triggers it, it's, let's keep going. I want to get to this other part. That's why I debated even having notes because I'm just going and the notes are back here. Um, in this, as I was growing, I needed to be wanted. I needed to be accepted. It's just, I don't belong. I mean, wherever I went, there was just seemingly a mocking here and a mocking there. I wanted to belong. Then I'd ask, you know, um, you know, I'd come home and just, oh, just torn apart what this person did. And then it's just, well, we just have to accept what God, how God made us. I hate him is what I would have wanted to say, but I knew I couldn't. So when your child does come home, let me give you a tip. If it ever happens to your child, set him on your lap, give him a hug, and say, you know, I am so glad God gave you me, uh, gave me you. And I love you just the way you are. That's healing. So healing for a little child that is just bleeding inside. I didn't receive that, and that is not critical on mom and dad, but I never received that. So here we go, we're growing up a little more, maybe now 10. Then there's some, then I get introduced into uh, immorality. Some girls desired my attention. I was finally needed. Then kept going, kept getting in deeper. Getting involved in more things, wherever they were, I just felt needed. So now I turn 16, finally the day when I can go with the youth and um, see at home we'd play a lot of volleyball. And I became a perfectionist by then, is I will just do it right so they at least can't mock there. I took control of my life, that everything was in order. Nobody will ever say how messy my room was, or nobody will ever say how sloppy I was, or how sloppy I played, or why didn't you get this or that. Tell you what, there was very few balls that ever hit the ground where I was playing. I made sure it wouldn't happen. I didn't care how grass-stained my knees were. I mean, I would dive from here to Rhonda to get that ball. I didn't care how much it hurt my body. That ball is not hitting the ground by me because I will not be mopped. I will not tolerate it. I can't help how God made me that. By then, I was working with that already, but I can help my actions. And Friday nights, it was every Friday night during the summer, we'd have volleyball games. 
and there would be eight to 12 nets. And uh, so we'd number off, and here we go to the, and that's where I got my ego boost for the next week. Because we get into the uh, court where we were going to be playing, and the team gets together, and you don't know who's going to be there. And as soon as they see me, all right, we have Laverne. All right, man, we're going to have a good night. Can you see? That was a word of affirmation for me. Finally, somebody wanted me. I was finally wanted. So there I just poured my whole life into volleyball. By the way, I can't play that good anymore. <laughs> I have volleyball not my life anymore. But that's why. And at that point, I had joined the Amish. I was a member. I had wholeheartedly believed in Jesus Christ and loved him with all my heart. But I still did not like God very well. How can that be? But you see, I always had God was my creator. Jesus was my savior. Then life goes on. I meet this beautiful young lady. With my past immorality, self-focused heart, I wanted what I wanted. Couldn't control it. So we failed. And we get married. And I had this big trailer of trash, garbage that I couldn't, didn't get rid of. I just kept dragging it along. Or this big backpack just weighted me down. By the age of 32, this boy had an emotional tra train wreck. We were together with the family. Church was at my brother-in-law's over in Shipswana. So we stayed the day. Because if you have a driver going that far, then you stay the day. And we had family night. Warm. We were underneath the shade tree in the afternoon, just relaxing. Thought everything was good. Till all of a sudden, family started mocking see, growing up, about seven years old, I stepped on a bee, stung my foot. And my big toes are big toes. They're big lollipops. So I would just wear shoes. I, I don't like barefoot. I just don't. And one was because of creation, another was the bee. And so I just didn't wear, I just wear shoes. And that's where they started mocking. You know, why am I not barefooted? I would have wanted to ask, well, why are you barefooted? It's because I don't like barefoot. But people just can't accept me, is how I was feeling again. And I like boots, so I wear tube socks that are tall, you know, go up over the calf. 
And that's where they started mocking, you know. Yeah, on these um, socks that go up over the calf. I mean, I'm surprised that he even had feet anymore, that they're not rotted off because of lack of circulation. And they was just around there. Oh, then everybody was just laughing. And there it snapped. It was just gone. Folks, if you have an emotional breakdown, you can't stop it. You can't. It just pop is in my mind. And they were at a distance. Ha, 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 ha. That's how I felt. I felt like in a different world. Just in that split second. That's when I went, I was, I was gone. I was finished. I couldn't fight. I was nothing. I couldn't even speak. Came home. I think it was close to two weeks. I said nothing. I said nothing. That's what my wife and family went through. I said nothing. Hardly ate. And the folks at work didn't even know anything was wrong. That's how professional hypocrite I was. Making sure I look good. See, my mind is so active yet today. As a child, my mind had to be active because if I relaxed one second and a mock came, I was down. I couldn't. I was always thinking, always thinking, always thinking. Today, I'm always thinking. I cannot go to bed and just lay there and not think. I, I, I have no clue what that is. I'm always thinking. Being ready. That was as a child. And I've been praying God for God to just give me a, a new mind where it can just relax. And he hasn't yet. But what he is teaching me is, Laverne, I want you to think. Philippians 4.8. Meditate on these things. Think on these things. I want you to think. I've designed you to think. I want you to think. You have to think. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. Think. If we're not thinking, he can be working. So think on good things. So I've accepted that. That's why God doesn't want to take this thinking away. He just wants me to think on the good things. But that's what caused it. It's just an overactive mind, just flying. I mean, there's things happen that I don't even think, I just know. Instantly. I'm not no longer fired up about it, so I think I can share it. Luella and I, Luella took me out Friday night and then Saturday just before my birthday. And uh, I'm just saying this to how fast my mind can think. In a split second, I had everything lined out and not even thought thinking through it. But she made a phone call. And I was talking with the bed and breakfast guy, and then I was done, so I went out, and then it was, well, Dad's right here, I can't, can't, can't tell you. And that quick, I knew there was something happening that weekend. Because what I knew of parties Thursday and Friday, but I didn't know about the one in the weekend. But there's, um, I'd be working Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, they could discuss all that. But in a split second, it took me a while to say that, but in a split second I knew. That's how fast my mind works. I didn't even have to think. I just knew. That's how fast my mind works. Because of, I dared not let anything get me down. Because of what happened. Anyway, here we go. 
That was a rabbit trail. We were married and this, anyway, we had went, prayed through all these issues. Had a wonderful, I mean, our marriage is so good. I mean, it is so good. Um, how God is so faithful. If we just accept, like I accept how God made me, that's fine. And uh, I lost my train derailed here. I guess there was one thing that happened while I was in the distress. In the, my, uh, I had a birthday that time. I was 33. Got up in the morning, you know, and I was down. I mean nothing. Just worthless old, why am I even living? And I got up and anticipating it was my birthday at least. Maybe I'll be recognized today. And poor Luella, she forgot to tell her, say happy birthday. And it just wrecked the day. I mean, I just, all day I was convincing myself, see, if I'd be somebody important, my wife would remember my birthday. That's what I was thinking at that time. And I don't mean that bad now. I don't mean that bad on Luella. Don't think that. But that's just how my mind was working. See, I'm nobody. I was so discouraged when I got home. And then I got in, and this is where I want to show you what a locked heart, how it responds. Um, that's why I share that part of the story. Because this is the part I haven't shared in public because I'm so embarrassed of how I responded. But that's how a locked heart responds. Open the door to the garage area. And there was this long table all set up. Well, you know it's a birthday party, you know, because it was my birthday. And that's what she was thinking in the morning. She knew it was my birthday. She was just thinking what all she had to do. I saw that. Dropped my things, went out. Got on the tractor, mower, and started mowing back to the woods and just mowed all the things back there. And Well, it just wasn't taking long enough. I wanted to be back there all night. <clears throat> so finally I was done. Now what do I do? So I just sat on the mower and started crying. I would have so gladly wanted to accept that token of love. Oh, I was just aching that I could accept it. I couldn't. My heart was locked. I, I couldn't accept it. And I was ang I had anger. So I just cried. I, I did go up there and we had to, um, try to have a good time. And so when I share at times is how I am so blessed, how my wife stood with me, how Luella has just stood by my side and endured all this. 
She had a rough life at that time. I couldn't accept her love. And when she would give me like words of affirmation or um, I love you just the way you are, it's just, yeah, that's just to cheer me up a little bit. I couldn't accept it. And it's, it's so agonizing. You just, it's so agonizing. You want to so just accept it and love it. And I can now, but I couldn't at that time. I just couldn't accept it. And I think that's why God, see, if I wouldn't have went through all that, I probably wouldn't be teaching this today. I wouldn't be going through the locked hearts. Just like Joseph's story. Everything is for a reason. Everything has its purpose. And I so think we need to grab on to this teaching. We need to cling to it. Let's not reject it. That that's the past. Let's just leave it. No. Let's not just leave it. Let's vanish it. Because when Jesus Christ redeems it, it's gone. It's no longer dead and buried. It's gone. It has vanished. But after that then is when we went and prayed through things. And it's just, life is so sweet now. And... So through this, several weeks ago, I got up and shared my struggle again. But that's where it come from. I could see myself. I have, I'm a visual person. I have a photographic memory. When I think of something in the past, I see it. I can just, I can see the people. I can see, like under the shade tree, I, I, I can see the tree. I know exactly which tree it is it happened I can just see it so I saw this that I'm at the table with all these gifts and it's this laughing and mocking then I hear that ha 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 and it's just I just I just blew up again where it's the fear then anxiety um, well see when it was I was so crippled in fear okay um, is there something planned? Well, maybe she doesn't have anything planned. So I'm going and I'm going in the computer. Whoa. And then I find this invitation. Oh, then it's, I hate myself because I did that. Oh, why did I do that? Then there's anxiety and I'm just fighting and fighting and fighting. And just, I was just so sickened by it that I did that. It wasn't right. But through fear, I did that. So we work through it again. That's why I say it's not a once and done. Sometimes we're reminded of it, and then we just forgive again. And it's just, it's actually a little different. Like you'll pray through it the first time where you forgive them and whatever. Then after that, it's more of a you go back to it, and you're reminded of it. And it's, yes, Lord. Thank you that you've redeemed it. You're reminded that it's redeemed. And you know, and I do forgive them. 
You know, it's all right. It's okay that I went through that. And start praising. Because he kept reminding me that he has given me this, not the spirit of fear, but the spirit of um, love, power of love and a sound mind. So that's when I started putting these together. He gives not the spirit of fear to be by this table with all these gifts. He's given me the spirit of power that I can stand up there. And he's given me the love that I can, the mockers, I can love with his love. And I have a sound mind. I can go up there with peace, knowing everything's okay because I'm in God's hands. Then came this rhema from Jesus. And there again, I saw again. I was at the table with these gifts. With Jesus right by the side. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And fear was gone. But there are still struggles along the way. I, I was so weak. Then it's easy to get down. So I, there were struggles after struggles after struggles. And I felt led that I share my story. It's just God, I don't want to go there, really. I don't want to go there. But if it helps someone, if it helps someone, it's okay. I can go there. Because I want you to see not the pity of what this boy went through. No, don't do that. Please don't. But let's boast in the Lord. Because he is the redeemer of any and every situation. Your life has not been so bad that he cannot fix it. He can redeem anything and everything. And when he redeems, it's not in part, it's whole. We have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Savior. He doesn't just save us from hell. He saves us from emotional distress. He saves us from everything. Jesus is the answer. He himself is our peace. If we want peace, then we need Jesus. Because that's, that's the only place to get it. So going through this again, it's just, Lord, why again? I mean, this has all been redeemed. This is all taken care of. Why do I think on these things? Or why, why am I going through this struggle again of just not feeling good? And it was Hebrews twelve eleven. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. It's grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it, or those who are exercised, I think, King James. It's like God is exercising my emotional muscles. He wants to build it. He wants to build me stronger. Instead of Laverne, will you be my student? Then on the, that day, I, um, those were the thoughts. Yes, Lord, I want to learn. Then on the way home from work, most of the time I don't, but I, I turn the radio on. 
And lo and behold, this guy was preaching about it. These tough times. Where he shared a poem on, you know, God is in it. Whatever we're going through, God is in it. I am in it. Then he was just sharing, challenging the listeners. When we're going through the tough times, we need to go to God and tell him, Lord, I want to be your best student. I want to learn all that I can learn from this situation. So I said, thank you. And that's what I've been praying through all this. And by the way, I feel good now. I hope you can sense that. But it's, I just wanted to learn. Lord, teach me. Teach me all your ways. I want to learn. He'll teach all right. He said, Lord, do you see this? You were trying to protect yourself in this 40th birthday thing, and you couldn't. That's self-focus. Exactly what I'm preaching on is a self-focused heart. You're self-focused. You're focusing on yourself. If you struggle with fear, if anyone here struggles with fear, it's self-focus. You're not trusting God. Fear and trust do not go together. You can't. You cannot be trusting God and be fearing. You can't. It doesn't work. I was not trusting God in it. So I surrendered that and gave that part of the heart. Just I surrender all. Just laying prostrate on the floor, just like I by the cross. I surrender all. It's yours. And by the way, the self-focus is pride, which you will find out the next message then. It's pride. It's a biggie. And did you know, every one of you, every human being is born with a self-focused heart. We can't help it. When the diaper's wet, wah! When I'm hungry, wah! You know, it's just all self-focused. It's me, me, me. But that, we have to grow out of it. That has to change. We need a heart transplant. We need not that heart of stone, but a heart of flesh that can feel, that can absorb love, that can give love. We need that. So, the scripture I wanna, I'm gonna go here yet, because I wanna use scripture. Is uh, 1 Corinthians 13. See, through, the, um, through our life struggles, we need to be trained by it. We need to allow God to train us, to teach us, and exercise whatever muscles he wants us to exercise, spiritual muscles or whatever you want to call it. We must exercise them. It may be grievous. At times... When you exercise too much, it gets sore. You know, it works the same way in our spiritual life. At times, it can get sore, but let's keep going. Let's not grow weary. It may be grievous at the time, but after that, if we allow ourselves to be exercised and be trained for it, we can run that 5K race or whatever. God is preparing me for something. 
I don't know what. But he's preparing me. And what's the big struggle is I just looked ahead and I shouldn't have. But the neglected heart, I suffered there. So focused, I was locked there. Next is uh, rejected. I was rejected over and over and over again. Next is moral locked heart. I had an immoral heart. Terrible. And here I am right in the midst of all of this where it's just reminded over and over, but God wants to use me for a purpose, for a reason. And I want to be trained by it. I want to learn. I want to exercise these muscles. I want to grow so strong that anything or any, anybody that has an issue of something, I want to help. I want to be able to help. I want to exercise my muscles that I can feel. I can deeply feel for the person that needs help. That's my desire. Because see, if we have a self-focused heart, there's no way we can love how Paul teaches us here in 1 Corinthians 13. We can't love that way. We don't have that love if we have a self-focused heart. So 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, which is agape, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. doesn't matter how good I look, but if it's not out of a sacrificial love, it means nothing. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, the agape love, sacrificial love, I am nothing. This is God's word. This is not me. I can be up here teaching you all sorts of things but it, and know all the Bible. I can lay it out word for word, explain everything, but if I don't have the agape love, I am nothing. That's God's word. That's what he's saying here. I need the agape love in order to teach that it does something. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, the charity, it profited me nothing. I'm going to use the word love. Because it's the agape love. All these words are love. The agape. Love suffereth long, and is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, is not proud. Does not behave itself unseemly, like rudely. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. Then thinketh no evil. It keeps no account of evil. You see, if we're still hanging on to something that my spouse did. That's not the agape love. It keeps no account of evil. Yeah, maybe I messed up. Maybe somebody has messed up in your life. But the agape love, biblical love, keeps no account of that wrong because it's forgiven. If we can't let it go, it's self-focused. Because I have been wronged. And that's all the further I can see is I. And by the way, it's in my mind. Pride, if you spell pride, 
I is in the center of it. P-R-I-D-E. I is exact, split set right in the center. What about sin? S-I-N. It's because I, that's why we sin. And it's right. The I is the center of sin, and the I is the center of pride. We can't get around that. It's self. Selfishness. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And when your heart is locked, as a little boy, physically I became a man, but emotionally I was still a little boy. And I responded as a boy. But Paul is teaching us, if we follow this, and we have that self-sacrificial love, not focus on ourselves, then we become a man. And we respond like a man. We put away those childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abide a faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Is that love in my heart? Let's ask that question. Let's ask ourselves, do I have that love? Or do I even violate one of these? If we violate one, we are not complete in his love. And that type of love that Paul is writing about only comes from God. We can't muster it ourselves. Because a self-focused heart cannot express a copy love. It can't. Because see, agape love is not um, self-seeking. But a self-focused heart is self-seeking. But the agape love, rather, is um, self-giving. That's the love we need, is self-giving. And that Footprints of Jesus song, that just blessed me this morning. Because Jesus had a self-sacrificial heart. He lived to serve others, and we are to follow in his footsteps. And the footprints are there. The footprints are here. And we need to follow those footprints. I hope if there was a question on that I hope it is answered how do we know if we have a locked heart is 
You try so hard to respond correctly and you just can't. You can't accept it. It's torture. It was so painful. That's when I knew something is wrong. Thank you for your patience. It's getting late. Sorry. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your love to us. Thank you, Father, how you have redeemed us, each one of us, Father. Everyone has their own story. And Father, either you have redeemed it or you can redeem it. So Father, if there is anyone here that has not allowed your redemption, Father, I pray right now that they would allow you to redeem everything in them. Because, Father, we know it's not worth carrying this heavy load. You said, come unto me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from you, because your yoke is easy and the burden is light. So, Father, if there's someone who is burdened and hasn't cast it upon you, May that happen now, because your yoke is easy, and the burden is light, as long as we follow in your footsteps, and that we trust you, and know that you are right here by our side. In fact, at times, when it gets so hard, you even carry us. Thank you for loving us so much. And thank you, Father, personally, for not giving up on me. Because, Lord, I was such a wreck. But you loved me so much, you pursued me. Thank you for giving me that heart. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for adopting me. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for your justification. And thank you how you're sanctifying me. Thank you how you've re predestined me. And thank you how you've sealed me. Father, I pray that for everyone. You have done a wonderful, wonderful work in this congregation. And I just thank you. And I thank you what will happen yet. And Father, as we go f forth from day to day, may we remember to check our hearts. And that we allow you, your peace, to rule in our hearts. That you are the one in control. 
not me, not us. Father, this is your church. Give us your desires for this congregation. Give us your desires for us personally. Give us a vision that, and that we would pursue it diligently. Bless each one, Father. And if there are wounds that have been exposed, maybe a scab that has been removed, Father, I just pray for your balm to be put upon it. May you minister to that pain. Speak your peace to that heart. And may the joy of you be all of our strength for the next week. We trust you, Father, and we love you so much. We pray in Jesus' name.